Hey, we're doing something a little bit different today. We're starting a new segment about professionals, but not just any old professionals, professionals that are from the area. We think it's pretty important that uh, we recognize, you know, that you can come from Toledo, you can come from Perrysburg, you can come from Swanton, and you can actually get out there and do this for a living. Be on Broadway, be on national tours, be on stage, be on tech crew, be in the pit. We think it's super, super important. So we're going to have our first guy on, Trevor, here. So hopefully you're as excited as we are because we're very excited to have Trevor on. Hello. Trevor, how the hell are you doing? I'm good. How are you, man? Wonderful. We're pretty happy to have you be able to find time for us, obviously. So where are you at right now? Are you in New York City? Uh, I'm actually in Lancaster, Pennsylvania right now. Oh, on the road <laughs> actually, doing doing the show, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah, and what is that show exactly? Came through um, Toledo, doing, didn't it? It did. It was just we were just there uh, last night, actually. I know we're um, we're terrible. We were, you know, I was actually speaking <laughs> to the uh, booking people through, and she's like, "Oh, you're going to be able to get him on?" Because I mentioned to him, I said, "You know, Trevor's a local guy." And she was like, uh-huh. "Oh, really? Are you going to have him on?" I said, "Not soon enough, though." Sorry. <laughs> hey, it's uh, hey, it's Ron Matnick here, Tyler's dad, saying hi. Oh, hey. Yeah. Hi. So, so you know Ron, obviously, because well, of Tyler. We never talked. I've never spoken to you before, but I've seen you in many plays. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I, I know you. I know you through Tyler. I've yeah. seen you around. Yeah. You've seen you around. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I saw you in Footloose. You were the father, the the minister. That's I saw, right. Saw oh. you in Drowsy Chaperone. You were Adolfo, I think. Oh. Yep. And yep. Your, my favorite line was, "You would go what." <laughs> Rod just, yeah, yes, so, that's it <laughs> so the million dollar quartet is what you're a part yes, of right now yes so correct so we're gonna start there just so we establish what the heck you're doing then we're gonna go way back okay you yes. got like two hours Absolutely. to talk to us <laughs> he's on the bus <laughs> I got as long as you guys need all right you're you're a hell of a guy thanks man so million dollar quartet is are you doing the christmas one right now yeah, so right now, this is actually um, the world premiere tour of Million Dollar Quartet Christmas, Whoa. which is, um, it is, it is I, I guess you could, you could call it the, the sequel of Million Dollar Quartet. That's how I've been describing it. It's kind of the continuation from the original show. It's like, what, if, what would have happened if like, they kind of kept going? And it leans into, because the actual Million Dollar Quartet night, those four guys were there for a Christmas party. So the writers of the show were like, hey, let's lean into the Christmas party Obvious. element of yeah. this. And, you know, we can, you know, I don't I don't, I don't want to say it's a cash grab, but it is. You know, people like people <laughs> yeah. like Christmas. It's a great show. It's super fun. It's like it's a nice, snappy 90 minute, like super fun, exciting, high energy Christmas show. And I think that, um, you know, their 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 ultimate goal with this is to cast like one tour cast and then have the show switch based on what time of year it is well you can call it a cash grab but you know who cares it's fun yeah it's fun right exactly the point of entertainment is to be entertaining so why not do it And, and and who do you play in this uh, I'm Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, see, Rod told me you were Jerry Lewis. Totally threw me off. Jer- I'm like, this is, wait, it's not a comedy? It's not, is Dean Martin Yeah, I it? find out like today that it's not Jerry Lewis. It's Jerry Lee Lewis, which you know, totally Lee changed Lewis. my... Yeah, I'm like, well, thanks. For, I, I, <laughs> I'm a little thick. I hear what I hear, and I just stop listening, I think, is what the problem is with me. So, so uh, yeah, they, are, they are very, very different. Yeah, slightly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be Jerry Lewis, I mean, Jerry Lee Lewis, you had to do some research. Tell us about that correct yeah so jerry lee lewis you know uh obviously of of great balls of fire fame um so really 
the research I had to do was probably the most fun for any show I've done because pretty much all I did was watch video after video of Jerry Lee concerts and read his biography and, and all this stuff just to get sort of a, a background because this is uh this role is like the first time i've played a, a person who is still alive even oh, you know yeah. it's not just like a, a a historical person like jerry lee lewis is is alive like he's you know he's in his 80s now but he's of those four guys he's the last he's he's the last man standing if you will and um you, you know it's so that's a that's a different challenge as opposed to like other roles where you do kind of have some or a lot of creative liberty to, to do with it what you want. This is very much like, you know, I need to do the stuff Jerry did. I need to sound like Jerry Lee. I need to play like Jerry Lee. I need the audience to see me and think like, oh, that's Jerry Lee, you know? Right. Like, you're, pl- you're playing the piano behind your back? I do, yeah. Oh, get out of town, you, really? Yeah, you jump. Uh, I jump over the piano, like, so you're sitting on top of it. So you jump over it, sit on top, and then you lean back and play behind your back for a part of the show. Well, I guess you got it, because if you don't, then people will walk away and be disappointed. Like, that exactly. Like, if you, don't do, if you don't do the Jerry Lee stuff, if you don't yeah. do the stand on the piano and play with yeah. your feet and, and all that stuff. That was like, Jerry Leonard Lewis. That wasn't Jerry Lee Lewis. He didn't play backwards, yeah. <laughs> and, and did you go, like, great <laughs> balls of fire? You really hit that. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he hits the balls yeah, really you gotta, good. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> you got to get all that. You got to get all that. And people and people will tell you, too. Yeah. Like people, people will come to the stage door, and, the, and if they don't find you convincing, actually, the guy that plays Elvis gets it more than anything oh. because people have a very a very specific it's almost like nostalgia glasses yeah. with with elvis too where they they have this image of him and like the guy that plays elvis will be like yeah no elvis never actually did that stuff that people like people think think about and like there's lots of like pictures people reference gotcha. or he'll be like you know that stuff elvis did in like the 60s 70s that's like vegas era elvis and we're when where when when the show takes place is 1956. Like this is the budding start of all these guys' careers. Very cool. You know, Elvis is Elvis is just taking off. So you know he's he's obviously he's Elvis. So he is he has taken off at this point. But this is like his his first year of like success. Cool. So like, like, it's a slightly different version of these guys than what people would have been used to if they saw a concert in the 70s gotcha. with Elvis. So we're know? gonna go back now. So now yeah, we yeah, actually yeah. are gonna go back because now now we've established that you're kind of a big deal, and that's why we called you to begin <laughs> with. So, but you're from Perrysburg. So I want you to go I all am. the way back and say and and tell us like you started in elementary school. Obviously, you did this and you did that. Don't yeah. skimp on the details. We want to know because. It's kind of a big deal, and and the reason why we're doing this series with people who are working professionally in the industry is I do think, and Ron, I do believe that there's this misconception that, well, we're from Perrysburg. There's no way we could ever do any of this stuff, and and we're here to say BS on that. So that's why we have you on Absolutely. Show. Yeah. So, so tell us, <laughs> second grade, you got cast yeah. in the lead role in the play probably, right? <laughs> Uh, I, so my, my, my first ever theater experience, I actually got involved in the theater a lot because my older brother did it. Ah. Um, I have a, I have an older brother. He's five years older than me. So, you know, growing up, I always looked up to him and wanted to do what, what, what he was doing. And so he did theater in middle school. And so I, and, and I, and I saw those shows as a kid and I actually did the, um, Perrysburg youth summer theater program. It's actually oh. my very first start doing theater. It was probably the summer between second and third grade or third and fourth grade. I can't really remember, but, um, you know, so that, that's when I first, that was like the first time I acted in music man junior. Nice. And I was the, I was the train conductor for a scene. And, oh. uh, you know, that's when, and from then on, I, I did that summer program pretty much every summer through middle school. 
And uh, so you're like you know, seven and eight when the, you started, and basically, right, right around that age. Yeah. So cool. Well, and I had I had taken I, I had started piano lessons by that point because uh, when I was you know five or six, we had a piano in the house growing oh. up, and I'd always you know play around on it. And my parents they eventually gave me the the sort of ultimatum as a kid of like, hey, you need to do like an extracurricular. So we're gonna either like pick a sport and we'll let you try out a sport, or we can get you piano lessons. And I already liked the piano, and I was you know playing around on it, and I was. I'm not. Uh, I'm not the, the the best at sports, and then I've never really, never, <laughs> never really jock. been. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just anything where I gotta run. I, yeah. I generally <laughs> try to avoid it <laughs> if I can. I'm okay with dance and all that, all that kind of stuff for theater, but running just uh, not my thing. No, nah, there's not so, a zombie you know, chasing you. Why the hell are you running? Right? I don't get this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I need a zombie or like a wild animal. Then, yeah. then, then, then we can talk. But um, so you know, so you know, they they sort of posed me that that question of you know what sport do you want to do, or you, we can put you into you know piano lessons and, and music lessons. So I, I chose piano lessons, obviously, mm-hmm. and I'm very glad I did because yeah, great that, choice. I, I will I yeah, and I will say the like the piano element of my skill set is what has gotten me the most work as a professional. Yeah, it's the you know it's that it's that little it's that it's that other thing that not everyone else can do. It's like you know in in New York and I'm I'm getting off topic. I'll, I'll come back. Oh, you're to fine. The, you're the fine. Oh, yeah. Seventh grade middle school, Trevor. Eventually, <laughs> but, um, you know the big thing in New York is just everybody there can sing, everybody can act, everybody can dance, like everyone. So you know being being talented is a prerequisite in in, in my opinion. It's just you're kind of already expected to be able to sing when you walk in. But if you have something else that sets you apart and there's now more and more and more shows are doing these actor musician kind of things where they're having the actors play instruments on stage. And so really, like I tell any anytime I do any of these talks or when I talk to a high school or to a college, like things like that, I'm always telling them, like, pick up an instrument like doesn't matter what instrument it can be guitar, it can be piano, it can be flute. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. Just do do something else. Because you never know when that might come in handy. Like our, we've we've thrown a a fiddle into Million Dollar Quartet played by Sam Phillips, who's the like narrator guy for the show, and he's normally just an only speaking role, kind of sings in the finale, but like you know nothing really featured. But he could play fiddle, and it sounds really cool. Cool, on the just Johnny added Cash to it, right? Yeah, Ghost Riders. And it's a pretty cool, funny reveal that, you know, Sam Phillips comes out playing a fiddle. Huh. But it's it's things like that. It's just that that little extra something that can make you that much more marketable in a professional setting. And, and an instrument and an instrument is a great way to do that. And also just being a musician in general is a little different than, you know, being just a good singer. Like, I, I know I know good singers that are terrible musicians. Right. You know that like also I know good singers that help you read music and all the other kind of stuff exactly. too. Exactly. I know. I know like singers that don't read music, and I'm just right. and to me, I, I've been reading music since I was five, six years old. Like it's it's a second language to me. Like I I can I can sight read piano music and stuff. It's just, it's so baffling to me when they're like they they have to like hear it and they can just like replicate what you do, but they can't like they they you know they don't know like what key we're in and, yeah. and things like that that just or and, and it plays such a big part when you're doing you know harmony work and stuff that just that musicianship of being able to be like oh i'm on the fifth of the chord here like great i know how my part moves and how i relate to the other parts and that things works like when that. you're eight years think, old and in middle school times but when you want to be a professional it's time to step it up isn't exactly Exactly. Well, because and because the big thing with the, the 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 professional world is the speed with which stuff happens. You know, oh, yeah. I even even with a new show, like we're rehearsing for maybe two weeks and then the show's up. It's like you you not only have to it, it just has to be quick. 
Like, mm-hmm. granted, it's a, it's a little different than, you know, high school or community theater where you're only rehearsing, you know, six to 10 because people have school and day mm-hmm. jobs and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually get to do a full, you know, 10 to six, eight hour rehearsal day. So it's a little it's, it's a little different in that setting. You do have more time in each day because it's a job and not right. You know, just you got a, two weeks a, though, man, because we need to start making some money. Yeah. But you got two weeks. You got to be off book day one usually. Yeah. Oh, like wow. yeah. you know, it's it's things like that. Or day usually uh, the t- the standard rule is just the 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 second time you touch anything, it's off book. So it's like if we're if you're working on a scene. You can have your script in hand, take notes, do whatever. The next time we run that scene in, in rehearsal, like the next day or whatever, off book. Bitchin'. Do That's they like give you any of this stuff kind of ahead of time then too? Like here's the stuff. Usually. So yeah, usually what are you the, doing at like, home usually, start working, right? Exactly. Usually you'll get the script, you know, a, a week or two out or sometimes even more uh, mm. depending on the contract and how far out they, they plan it. Some theaters will cast shows like three months in advance. Sometimes some guy backed out of a contract last minute and now they're scrambling and suddenly I'm now on a plane two days from now starting gotcha. rehearsal. Like yeah. that's, that's happened before where they've been like, Hey, somebody backed out or they got hurt or they got sick or in, and in, in, in nowadays settings, that's a, it's like a vaccine oh, yeah. thing too, yeah. where they're like, Hey, this guy told us he was vaccinated. Turns out he wasn't like now we're, now we're kind of screwed unless we can find somebody yeah, like that. Well, we need to have somebody who knows how to play the piano and you're the man. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, boom. So that's, yeah, and, and so uh, you know, having that that extra skill set has been so so helpful for me, and and it has been pretty much my my entire bread winning uh, thing has been piano shows. It's been Million Dollar Quartet, and there's this other show I do called Murder for Two, mm. which is like a it's like a two person sort of. Uh, it it kind of got it kind of has like a Monty Python like thirty nine steps kind of feel to it, where it's two guys. One plays the detective, the other guy plays all like ten suspects. Oh. So you're like bon- you're doing different voices and you're bouncing around. So I know what you're talking about. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or, I'm like, it's, yeah, it's, I know this show he's talking about. Or, Oregon Community Theater. <laughs> you, if this hadn't, if you had mentioned this three months ago, I'd be yeah. like, what? what? <laughs> but yeah, Oregon Community yeah. Theater just did it. My That's God, cool. I love I love Thirty Nine. I, I want to do that show so badly. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they I have just not, did I've it. not had the opportunity yet. Yeah. And dude, they they but, offered it for free. So, so people um, in the area could go see it for free because they were just opening back up. Uh, after oh, yeah, COVID, yeah. and they just wanted people to come see the show. So back to your junior high time, though. Wait, so, wait, 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 yeah, wait, 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 wait. Kyle, Kyle does not want you to be in the the musical once as a piano. Oh, player. I want him to be in whatever he wants to oh, be in. He doesn't. I just like... won't come see once. Is no. all. That's all. Okay, so the piano player. I think the piano player in Once is is uh, the girl, right? Yeah, she. I, does. I don't know yeah. Once that well because I don't I don't play guitar at all, and and I think. Yeah, I think I've looked into that, and it's like, oh, the one guy that plays piano also has to play like cello or something. Oh. I'm like, yeah, oh, she's, crap. they have a nice duet where she sits so, by the piano. So back to seventh grade, you're in Perrysburg Junior High. We're in Perry. So I've done at this point, I've done the the summer music camp thing, uh, you know, kind of a few years, and going into middle school, I I then did all of the middle school productions and stuff. So I was mm-hmm. in. What were the? I did like Annie Junior, and I did High School Musical my eighth grade year. And, um, you know, things like that. And then obviously moving on to high school was then, uh, you know, I was in all the high school shows and Perrysburg Theater Department. Is How old are you, Trevor? And, we should probably establish uh, that, too. <laughs> I am 29. 29. And he remembers that he did High School Musical in junior high. I Annie, love that. Annie Junior. Yeah. And Annie Junior. And, 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 and Perrysburg High School. <laughs> who was your director there? 
Uh, Rob Gentry. Yeah, Rob that's Gentry, the name. Yeah. We hear his name uh, he, all the he time. Just, yeah, and he just retired recently, yes. I believe. Yeah, we hear his name um, all the time. I just love that it's been how long, and you still remember the exact show that you did in junior high. It was Andy well, Jr. It's like, look, I mean, awesome. those those experiences were so formative for me, uh, you know, wanting to do this as a career. Right. You know, if I if I, if I hadn't had those opportunities in, in middle school and high school to really explore this and to see, like, Hey, oh, this is a thing. I'm actually, I'm good at this, and I think I could do this professionally. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think I would have gone on to do it. And that that leads me to my next thing is how did it become like? Oh, I might want to actually do this for a living. And who did who encouraged you? Who who yeah. didn't look at you and say, "Grow up, kid. You you have no chance doing this. Start being <laughs> a, you know something practical." You know what happened there? <laughs> you know you had to, you know you have to have that encouragement or something, right? I mean, somebody had to tell you. So how did you decide this is what I want yeah. to do? Well, I started um, in in high school. I started taking voice lessons with um, with a guy named Lance Ashmore, who's mm-hmm. a he's a voice teacher at BGSU, and he also teaches at Ohio Northern, which is where I ended up going. Um, and I I saw my brother in a show at Ohio Northern. I saw him in South Pacific, and uh, Lance, who would become my voice teacher, was playing Emil, the the main the main character in that. And he was, he was, has this like amazing operatic baritone voice. And I was like, whoa. And so I looked in the program at his bio and saw he was a voice teacher at BG. And I was like, I want this guy to teach me. And so I reached out to him through my brother and he was like, I don't normally take high school students, but hey, let's, let's have a trial lesson and see. And he ended up accepting me as a student. And uh, he really gave me a lot of uh, support and also just a crazy amount of training just in high school even. And then uh, ultimately was a was a determining factor in me going to Ohio Northern because I was like, oh, I can keep this same voice teacher and Lance and I have worked so well over these last like three years together and my voice has come so far working with him. I want to just continue on with that. So he wasn't Bowling so Green, that, but then he went to Ohio Northern. Well, he's um, he's he's an adjunct faculty, so uh-huh. he teaches like two days. He teaches like two days at Ohio Northern, like two days at BG, and I think one day at University of Finley. Oh. Or at least he was. So he's kind of teacher. Yeah. yeah, I think he's still. I think he's still adjunct. I don't know if it's still the same schedule, but I know he does. Like, yeah, he usually does. He does a couple days at each of these schools because all he does is, you know, all day long he's just in hour long voice lesson after voice lesson. High school to actually say, I want to do this. I'm going to call on my own this person. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I reached out to him like kind of through my brother because my brother was in the show with him, and I was like, hey, like, can you like can you see if Lance will like will like entertain the idea of taking a high school student like does he does he accept students like because you know we'll pay for it obviously like high school he, money you know, is I, green I also so i mean <laughs> and, 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 exactly like you know th- those 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 checks still clear yeah, for him, yeah exactly so. <laughs> and he was one of your inspirations but, um, well he was he was a big like supportive uh uh person for me uh it, it was really like you know he I obviously I like super respect his his voice and his talent and his his teaching ability and what he's done for me, and he was sort of a big supportive factor of just like hey like if you want to do this like I think you could you know yeah you and that's kind of all I, that's kind of all I needed you. to hear yeah yeah that's kind of all I needed to hear as a kid was just like oh and so I did have like I I had my fallback plans I had like you know a few a few schools that I was looking at for like you know like uh, what was I I was going to go into like I wanted to be like a math teacher. Oh, I think wow. is what it was like. That's a what huge was difference. my fallback? Because, well, because I'm I, I was always like a huge math and science kid, which ah. is not usually the norm for a, a, a theater person or an artist. I've found, but 
I've also found that that like gives me sort of an interesting take on things because I, I do have such a mathematically centric mind that I look very analytically at music and at theater and things like that. And I think I just approach it from a different angle than most artists do. Yeah. Our Janine Bachman, uh, um, who was on here as a music director, she just said she needed to count to four, and that was it. She was good. And in fact, you're friends, yeah. you're friends <laughs> with Will Bachman, I believe. You, I am, yeah. Well, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know Will, Will Bachman. Will, we know Nicole Navarre. You're friends with her? Yeah, I know I know all of them through. I did in um, in high school, I did a BGSU summer like musical theater camp thing. Oh. Um, I think it was it was run by a guy named Todd Schreiber. I know um, him. At the time. He's a music director. Yeah. He's really great. He's an award-winning yeah, music awesome. director. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, have no, Todd on phenomenal. here eventually that's, as well. Yeah. Uh, well, that's like he—he he was another. Now that like we're we're getting in, that like unlocked a whole other chunk of memories. Oh my god. Yeah, um, Todd's a great going pianist, into that. So that's probably why. Yeah. Oh my god! Like uh, amazing! Like that! Like he was a huge piano inspiration for me. Just watching him, like his thing for me was um, the thing I was most impressed with was his sight reading. Because oh, we would do yeah. little like recital things, and you just put a sheet of music in front of him, and he's like, "Okay, cool, boom, plays it first time through, never never practiced it once, like plays it flawlessly while yeah. you're while you're singing." And that and that to me, like I I can now kind of do that. I'm still not the best sight reader in the world, but you know, I, I don't think I'm as good as Todd at sight reading. Yeah, but, no, he's uh, great. That's a Janine there. thing too. She can do yeah. the same thing. Just throw it. Any yeah, you know, anybody who's these accompanists for these auditions, they don't know what music is going to be plopped down in front of them. And there it is. Exactly. Oh, I've never played this before. There you go. Done. It's like, wow, so, that's impressive. Yeah. So now you're in high school and you're doing plays there. What, what plays did you do? And Well, well, now he's uh, off and almost oh, he's decided he's, he's going to be a, he's going to do this for a living now. So, so your parents <laughs> looked at you and said, I don't think so. Is that what well, they did? <laughs> well, they were, they were supportive, but they were, they were realistic. You know, oh, they yes. were like, they were like, if this is something you really, really, really want to do, like we will, we will get behind you and we will support you you know, however we can. Um, but they were like, but also like we hear all these horror stories and, and things like that. And I think it really took, I know that I actually know the moment when my mom was like, finally like, Oh, okay. Like he should, he should do this. Um, I went to New York to audition for NYU and actually got into NYU mm-hmm. um, Steinhardt, the like music school versus the theater school. Okay. So I would have been a, I would have been a vocal performance major with a focus on musical theater. I think gotcha. would have been my technical degree title. So I got into there and, it, and like the, the judging panel, uh, they were, they actually had like a break, like right after my audition was their like scheduled break. And so they, they, they came out of the room and I was still in the like lobby with my mom talking to her and they came up and like, they talked to my mom and like told her what a great job I did in my audition and how happy they were to meet me and see me. And I think that was the moment where she was like, Oh, like I think she needed, you know, somebody that was like a a high up official at a, at a, you know, sort of like a a very high end college. Prestigious recognized school. Yeah. Not somebody exactly, from Perrysburg like, telling her her son can play piano <laughs> really well, but somebody from right. NYU that said this guy can do it legit. She's like, oh, maybe he can do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think that was the moment where she was like, oh, okay, this this maybe isn't just a hobby anymore. Like, maybe maybe like he can do this for real. And you know, from there, like obviously, and they and even before that, they were they were always supportive. My parents have never been like, you know. Hey, that's a dumb idea. Don't do it. You're never going <laughs> to succeed. Like, do something more realistic. Wake like, up, dreamer. Go always... do get a real job. They didn't do any of that. Exactly. Isn't there some asphalt that needs to be poured? Come on. You know, nothing. They didn't do that to you. Yeah. Go... That's good. Yeah. Go no. They. Math. They. Yeah. They. 
they did not, but they were, they were always realistic. They were like, Hey, have a fallback plan. They were like, you know, if this doesn't work out, like it, it's fine. If it doesn't, like there's no, no harm done. Like you but can do did something you else. have a fallback plan. I mean, I, I had, <laughs> I had BGSU for education and was my fallback college. If I didn't get into anywhere for musical theater, and I ended up getting, I got waitlisted at U of M and I got into NYU and then I got into Ohio Northern and I got wow. waitlisted at Baldwin Wallace. Wow. And um, so I ended up choosing Ohio Northern for a couple reasons. I, I went with the, the, the smaller school feel um, because I felt like I would get more personalized attention and I was absolutely right about that. Mm-hmm. And um, Ohio Northern gave me a lot more money. Uh, oh, versus bonus? NYU. Uh, so I got a huge scholarship from ONU and a huge talent scholarship from ONU. And I just got, and it, it doesn't help that the starting prices of both those schools, NYU is about double. NYU is like, I think it's close to like 60, 70 grand yeah. a year now. Yeah, it's like 70 it's grand cr- a year. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So I was just like, I was like, do I really want to like take out the student loans and start into what is already a pretty low paying career? start off with that kind of debt hanging over me all to just go to NYU. And I realized like, you know, the only things in my, aside from being like a prestigious name, it's not really the name of your school that gets you jobs. It's, hmm. you know, you're, it's, it's, it's you it, it, I, like all that is like all my, all my colleges now is one line on my resume towards the bottom under the education section, you know, so, it's not, so it didn't open up it, any it, doors. So, well, it's more about, it, it's more about the training you get there yeah. and what you do with that versus the name of the school and true. Like some schools can do like, it, it's a whole networking game to do theater. So some schools do set you up like that, but I don't know. My school had guest directors from Broadway come in all the time. So I got to work with, you know, uh, not, not like crazy huge names, but I got to work with actual like Broadway directors and actual people that are out there doing, doing the work right now. Um, And I got to work with agents and things like that because, you know, the small school thing, they were like, Hey, we're going to bring people to you. So we got like all kinds of cool master classes and like um, Phil Reno has family and, um, in Finley and is really good friends with um, Kirsten Osmond Manley, who is the head of the department at, at Ohio Northern. And Phil Reno is a famous Broadway music director. Like he's the music director for the producers and something rotten and just countless other shows. And like, I'm I glad think you told us that because we, we are not, we're, yeah. we're really just two regular guys. Like yeah. we say in our, in our yeah. titles, like, you know, so we, this is all learning and exciting for us. So when you tell, we're like, who's this? Hey, uh, oh, I've heard of something rotten. I've heard of the producers. I know some, Oh wow. He's a big deal. He's, he's right. Exactly. So he's a Broadway music director, Broadway conductor, and he came in probably once a year to do a masterclass with us. So I got to sing for Phil Reno and work with Phil Reno and things like that, which were just awesome experiences in college that really helped to set me up to sort of hit the ground running when I end up moving to New York afterwards. But like, yeah, Phil has family and he's he's got kids in, in Findlay, Ohio. So he just he comes back there all the time. So the big thing is, is if somebody local is, you know, wants to go off to college, wants to do something on that, you're like, Ohio Northern, man, you don't have to get to NYU. You can go. No, you can go. There, there are so many good musical theater and theater programs around the country now. Almost every, almost every school's got one now. You know, it's not, it's not as, as exclusive as it used to be. And again, the name of the school on your resume is only going to take you so far. Like it might, it might help get you in the door a little bit, but then you've still got to nail the audition. You've still got to do it. And if that school didn't prepare you well for that, it doesn't matter what the name of the school is. Right. Like you can have like, right. 
you know, University of Cincinnati or U of M, those are the two, those are two of the biggest musical theater schools that pretty much just funnel almost right into Broadway, but that doesn't apply to everyone. Right. If you're there. not good, you're not uh, good. That's just the way it is. Or if you got a shitty work exactly, ethic or, you know, you know, whatever. There's, there's a lot of exactly. Ohio Northern. Yeah. So when you like were there and then you, you did all your work and you got all this great training, did you just get right out and you got a job right away then? Um, not really. Well, I had done, I, I did like a lot of summer stock jobs mm-hmm. during college, mm-hmm. um, at a lot of those like big, they've got these big cattle call auditions where a bunch of summer theaters will come to one place and you audition for all of them at once. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure Ron, you know, from Tyler doing like mm-hmm. OTAs and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and up, up does and all yeah. that. You've probably heard those, those names before. Yeah. OTAs, um, up to, I don't know. What's Ohio. OTA saying? Yeah. So o- OTA is Ohio Theater Alliance. It's like an Ohio audition that's like basically it's basically a bunch of these uh, like ah. summer stock theaters all come. It's like kind of Ohio, kind of Midwest. Now. So is that it's where you really went to Ohio. first? You go to that to try and find somebody that will hire you? Yeah, I would go there because they because those places will do auditions in like February, March for mm-hmm. the summer, and and it's it's like specifically geared to getting like college students because these are jobs that are not. I'll call them internships. You know, mm-hmm. these are like the theater jobs where you get to do the show, but you're also working in the scene shop or the costume shop during the day. And you're just while you're like a student. You were doing a week. This? Yeah. Okay. This was like the summers between like the summers while I was a student. Gotcha. Yeah. So after so your sophomore like the year, summers in college. Yeah. Theater. Gotcha. Yeah. Work mm-hmm. in theater, like during the summer, go back to college in the fall, you know, do fall and spring semesters and then get another job there. So I did have a job. I had a summer stock gig. Um, I worked in Big Fork, Montana. Uh, Big at Fork, a, at hey a, man, what's that language? Big Fork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just couldn't I, I say that. What the fuck is going uh, on here, right? <laughs> it's, it's near Missoula. <laughs> gotcha. So you, so yeah. you did, you did Big Fork, and then you did. So that was all. So that helped geared you up then to actually start working as a professional. Sounds like. Yeah, and so then um, the fall after, so I graduated uh, college then in 2015. Mm-hmm. So I finished and then did my summer job in Montana there, and then I moved straight to New York, sort of September October, and really I didn't get another sort of I, I didn't really get my first professional job out of New York City uh, for about a year. I would say I auditioned for about a year in New York before I really got anything. So that um, was just day after day going in. How did you going manage in. to live in New York for a year and not have a job? I worked, I worked at the gap. Oh, um, okay. I, so I did, gotcha. I, I did have like a day job, but I didn't get like a theater job. I mean, got, you know, you know, first, no, that's good. I was big, just curious. You yeah. Live, so I you can work at the gap and live in Manhattan. Basically that's impressive. Yep. I worked at the gap and, uh, in, in times square, it was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> times square. Gap. It was such Ooh. a bit. Times Square Gap. Oh my God, was that a busy store? And you were like, um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to quit this job and I'm going to go work at the M and M store. That's what I'm going to do. And that'll, <laughs> that'll be a huge upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> at least that one's got food. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> and you, a um, yeah, starving guy who's just trying to get a job somewhere, could munch on the M and M's for a while. Exactly. So yeah, so I, you know, I worked, I worked day jobs here and there, and I, I. I also having the having the piano skill thing also helps because I'm able to make money doing that in New York. So I nowadays when I'm between gigs, I, I don't have to go work at the Gap or wait tables because I can just play piano for stuff like auditions or people that people that I, I have, you know, 
I have a large network of friends in this business now that all turn to me when they're like, Hey, I need an accompaniment track for oh, a nice. song I'm doing. So Can be you friendly is what me? you're telling everybody too, right? Be friendly. Don't oh be my a God. Dick absolutely. Cut, don't burn absolutely. all your bridges and step on everybody on the way up. Don't do any of that stuff. <laughs> don't do any of that. Oh, stuff. Okay. No yeah. one gets any, no this... one gets anywhere alone. You know? Oh, this is no why. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the... why I never got anywhere, Ron, right there. That's so it. the name of the school <laughs> Isn't as important as you said, and then you said no one gets there alone. So those yeah. are the two truths. When when, when you are, um, oh, I lost my train of effing thought here. I'm gonna have to cut this whole thing now because I forgot what I was gonna say. Yeah. Well, when <laughs> when you get it and when it pops back into your old head, uh, so <laughs> oh, I know what I wanted to say. Oh, oh, I know what I wanted to say. Let, Sorry, if go, I don't get it in now, I will back, die. Go back to so, Kyle. So go. I wanted to say was so when you when you were doing your. Um, no job for a year thing did you did you fall into a pit of despair thinking i made the wrong choice i should have been a math teacher you know i you know i should have been you know i mean how do you how do you not like think you made a freaking mistake and it was your mom calling you up saying oh well i was right you know any of that kind of stuff happened uh, um a, a little yeah i'll say like it, it it does start to get a little disheartening i i i did have a few like promising callbacks in there which 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 did help to like sort of boost the spirits as it goes but it's really just i'd always heard that it, it takes time so i was just I, I was just like you know what i'm gonna put in the work i'm gonna go to these auditions and if nothing happens nothing happens but at least i'm showing up and i've always heard that that's that's what what you what you have to do is just because you know again it's 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 networking so going to these auditions even though you're not getting jobs it's you're still being seen by these casting directors who you you may think that they they're just you know blowing you off they don't they don't care you're in there for 90 seconds and that's it and they, they you know they've, they've forgotten about you already but that's not true like they do remember and after a while they start to see like okay hey this guy's come in for me now 10 times for different shows He's always done good work though. It just hasn't been like the right fit for the show or what have you. And like, you never know what's going on in their minds. So you uh -huh. just have to kind of keep, keep, keep your nose at it and just like keep plugging along and eventually the right show, the right things are going to line up, which for me that ended up being million dollar quartet, the right things are just going to fall into place and, and line up because you've put in that work and you've been seen by these casting directors that then like, you know, a year down the line after they've seen you a bunch, because the thing you also have to think about in in the in the business element of it is the casting director has has a job to do as well. They're there to cast the show and they're there to put people in front of the because you always see the casting director first and then your callback will be with like the director and the casting director and you know wh whoever else. But it's usually just the casting director at first. Like you're not in front of the creative team for the show at all. Just the and so their job is to put good people in front of the director because if they put people in front of the director that you know, they're not the right fit for the show, then now we're all back at square one. They've got to book another room to do another round of auditions and the director's mad, the casting director for not finding the right people. So you kind of have to build up this trust with casting directors where they're like, hey, I know if I put this guy in front of the director, he's going to do a good job. And you just it, wouldn't it sort go of, away, it, would you? Just keep your face in front nope. of them. Yeah, no, this exactly. Is you just got to keep, you got to keep being seen by them, even if it's a no, even if they're, even if they barely look up when, when you're singing, like sometimes they're just buried down in their paperwork and they like barely even acknowledge you. It's, it's really disheartening. It, it feels <laughs> super bad, but you just have to kind of like keep pushing through and, and, and honestly just fine until the, the one thing clicks because I actually got my first job out of New York was doing a show called uh, the full Monty. Oh yeah. Um, 
if you if you I love that show. It's yeah. absolutely one of the most fun shows I've ever been a part of. But that was my first like kind of big professional job out of New York City, where I was like actually being paid real money, and I was at like an equity theater and things like that. It was like I was I was working with people that had Broadway credits on their resumes, like things like that, where it all started to get really exciting. And then from there, actually, from that one gig kind of like it, it it's it's it was like when it rains it pours kind of things it, it's a it's it's a snowball effect it takes so long for that first thing to finally catch but once it gets rolling it gets rolling and the choreographer from full monty really liked me and we hit it off and we got along really well and he was like hey i'm doing sister act after this and we need someone that can understudy like five of the guy roles because sister act is not a super male heavy show right so they're like, we need someone that can understudy like all the gangsters and the Monsignor and like, you know, a bunch of stuff. And, and they're like, do you want to do it? And, and that was, that was it. Like I, that I got my next job and it, that was just all from being friendly with the choreographer at my current job. And so that's like, that's all networking is, is just being nice to people and like being friendly. Like people sometimes have this weird mindset with networking where it's like a thing you actively do. It's like, Oh, I'm at this event to network. It's like, no, just talk to people and be nice and be friendly. And then people will want to work with you more. And then they'll call you up to work with you or have you on a podcast. Wow. Wow. Or have you on a podcast? Wow. Exactly. Yeah. How, how are we? Are we doing a good networking job over here? Are we friendly. Doing, we're you know, we're, we're doing great. I'm get... having I'm having a great time. Oh, we're good. just trying to get free tickets. To <laughs> um, actually, you said you're in Pennsylvania right now. What exactly are you doing? Mm -hmm. Are you? He's doing the Christmas. Um, I mean, I mean, so, is, yeah, is on... it a night off or are you about to go on? It is a night off. Tonight. All right, it's a night off. Are you in a hotel we're, or we're in a bus? Shows. Are you at dinner? Um, I'm I'm in a hotel right now. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm just it's chilling, chilling in the hotel. For very now. glamorous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's sleeping. It's sleeping on a bus most nights, but All we right. get a hotel tonight. So but it's not too I bad. Love the, I love the story though. I love how you went from being this kid who's, older brother was doing it all to having a couple people telling you, you, you didn't suck, uh, you know, and that, and the parents who supported you. And then you went to a college that, you know, had great training. They brought you everybody and then bing, bang, boom, you networked. And yeah, you, and you made yeah, a bunch of stuff. But I still—that's like yeah. that's all it takes. Usually, it's like it—it it, it really just takes like a couple people telling someone, telling a kid they can do it. You know, like that's, and, and that's like so. And like anytime I ever like am talking to younger kids or involved, you know, that's I try to be as like supportive and, and like as possible because you never know what what that could mean to somebody growing up like I, like I, I don't even know if Todd Schreiber remembers me I mean, he may I were friends on Facebook I see his name pop up every now and then maybe he sees mine but it's like but his influence on me was so big that like you, you know you just you, you just never know when you're working with kids like what what one thing you say to them is going to really like stick or really change sort of their whole you know trajectory from that point on so you just have to like I, I try to be very very cautious of my words when I'm, you know, talking to kids about theater and like pursuing this profession. Cause as hard as it is, like, I still want to be supportive, but again, it's that sort of supportive, but realistic thing where it's like, look, if you want to do this do it like, absolutely. But here's how hard it's going to be. And here's like the actual, like, you know, here's, here's the real world uh, stuff about it. And it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot of people saying no. It's like for every 50 auditions I do, I get, you know, four callbacks in one job, you know, it's things like that where it's, it, it's, it's very daunting at first, but eventually it does sort of 
line up. And if you're a good person to people and then people keep calling you to work and that's, I work for the same people all the time. I have a couple directors that just, whenever they're doing stuff, they ask me if I'm available. And if I am, I have a job. It's like things like that, where it's just be, be nice to people, be good. I think, I think the era of the diva is over. You know, I, I don't think you can be sort of a diva, not nice person and still work professionally. You are amazing. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. And I do know, I think you're going to be a really big inspiration because I know that we have a lot of uh, younger listeners um, because they tell yeah. us, they tell us they listen. So that helps. And and so you te- uh-huh. giving them this advice and you giving them what they you know need to hear, obviously both sides that it is hard, but it's also don't give up, man. Keep going. It could, this could be it. Yeah. There's like a huge amount of people that come out of the north, the, like Northwest Ohio yes. region. It's to, crazy. Like either either they're moved to New York or just like even if it's not New York, that's another thing. Like because you 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 said you had young listeners, so yeah. I do have one other bit of thing uh, sure. stuff now for them, which is just um, with with like COVID being what it was, and the return of the theater uh, sort of world. I, I think New York. I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this correctly. Uh, I don't think moving to New York is like a necessity anymore. It used to be that, that you, you know, you would graduate college, you move to New York, and that's where all the theaters go to get jobs. Every job I've gotten over, over the last two years since COVID really started is, has been video auditions, which you can do from anywhere. You do not, you do not need to li- So I, I know with, with, with young people going into theater, a lot of them are just daunted by Either I don't want to live in New York City. That's not the scene for me because it's obvious. It's a it's a it's a very very unique place there, and a lot and it's not a lot of people's cup of tea as far as living there goes. It's also expensive. It's expensive as hell to live there. So I, I and so I, I want to just stress that now you know you don't have to do that with with everything being videos and with uh, more and more things like that, it's opening up just the possibility to not be stuck in New York, Chicago, LA as your three major hubs. Like I could be, you know, here I am sitting in Pennsylvania. Like I could be sitting here and I could be sending videos and getting jobs and not have to pay an exorbitant amount of rent or thing. Or I could live in Philly, which is much cheaper than New York, but I could still get to New York in about 90 minutes for an audition if it's a big deal and I have to go in, in person. So just things like that, that really, I think, open up more options for younger people now that are just getting into the career to not be so pigeonholed into, oh, you have to move to New York if you want to do musical theater. Very cool. I think that's one of those things that uh, we were all ready for for a long time. It's just the uh, people in charge weren't willing to do it, you know? It's like when they were forced to do it when COVID hit and go, oh, maybe we can use this FaceTime-y thing that's been around for F in 15 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, why didn't well, you always and, do that? Yeah. And from, from their perspective, like video auditions are just, it's cheaper on their end yeah, and they can get point. a big, they can, they can cover a greater distance. Cause like my tour right now has people like cast in it that live in Chicago. And there's people that like we are, our Johnny cash is from Dayton, like lives in Dayton, mm. like, like things like that. It's like, you know, we're able to, they can, they, they can pull from a much wider they range make competition of people. A little they more can, stiff though, too. Cause now they are pulling from North Dakota instead of just people in New York. I think that's a good thing because I, I, I you know, I, if I were one of those people out, out there in North Dakota, sitting in videos and getting jobs, like that'd be great for me. And, and I think it really, it helps New Yorkers that kind of, uh, 
think only of themselves and think in their own little New York bubble, it kind of helps them to to branch out a bit and to 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 look at people that aren't New Yorkers because sometimes that's what you need in in your show is not a not a New Yorker like you need somebody that is is a little different personality wise or or just has a different different aura feel to them you know yeah not every show's newsies okay you gotta have people out of New York too exactly like <laughs> like sure there are. There are the shows where you need your yeah your 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 army of New York dancer boys to yeah. do it, where you get the like your your identical uh, like exactly five foot eleven like newsy boys across the line like you know whatever it is. They all have the right accents naturally. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and then there's but then there's shows like Million Dollar Quartet where it's like you, you know we we now open it up like that opens it up to everything where because it's so specific, you know it, it's it's one of the we. We always call it the the uh, family because we all there's like a Facebook group of all of us that do this this show kind of around the country and there's you know there's about ten Jerry Lees and there's you know twenty Elvises and things like that that we just kind of all get these jobs around the country doing this show and um, now with with the with the ability to just video audition stuff we're able to to pull talent from lots of lots of cool places where there there is that like. One of the one of the Elvises or the Christmas show, um, he's like he's a guy that he he never done theater before, but he did Elvis like contest. Oh, okay. Like there's a whole wow. there's like a whole circuit of like these Elvis impersonators. He's just like, a professional like Elvis who got a paying job yeah. to do it. Wow, good for that person. He's just a professional like Elvis impersonator. I wonder if who, the, I wonder if the ladies questioned him afterwards. They, oh, I don't know. You're not really the Elvis. You don't look like him as much. I, <laughs> if they do, if they do, I'd be amazed because that that dude Alex is is phenomenal. He's legit, like huh? he, he's his he sings like Elvis. He moves like Elvis. He looks like Elvis. Oh. I'm like. So like He's probably got like a lot a of swooners then, actually, Elvis. instead. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's like I'm actually there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he's like, he's he's the coolest dude. <laughs> Real quick, um, you're a kid from Perrysburg. You've probably seen many shows at the Stranahan, and then last night, uh -huh. you're there on that stage. What was that like? That was... Um, it it was it was cool. It was like it was it was kind of surreal seeing it from the stage side, like just looking out at all the empty seats when we were doing sound check, just being like, "Wow, I saw dozens of touring shows growing up when when like at the Stranahan. We we went as a family all the time, like to everything that went through there. We saw Phantom there and Wicked. Do you have family in the audience? Uh yeah, yeah. We had we had, I, had, I had a lot of family there. I had my my mom and dad and yeah. siblings. Yeah, my small army of like fifteen comps tickets or whatever. Nice. That's <laughs> so, awesome. so it was so it was surreal. It was amazing. Yeah, it was just it was super cool to to be back because I've been I've been touring with Million Dollar Quartet and and stuff for for about three years now, oh, wow. and but we hadn't played the Stranahan yet. We played we did Finley. I played in Finley, so I got close to home, but not quite. Oh, the Marathon Center in Finley? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep. But, you know, this was the first time being at my, my home theater. Like, yeah. the theater that I saw so many professional touring productions that came through there, and I think that, like, you know, standing on the stage doing soundcheck, I was like, and thinking about this interview, too, coming up, that I was just like look like yeah the the stranahan was such a formative part of me wanting to do theater seeing those professional shows there and seeing that and being just like i want to do that and now finally here i am on the stage doing that and, wow. and it was just such a 
such a crazy experience. Next time you're in town, though, we got to try and get you beforehand instead of afterhand. Yes. You know, after yep, the yep. fact and get you in here and do stuff. And, and I know WTOL is a little bit shut down still with their having guests coming into the building, but we want to make sure that we can open that back up and have you guys come in because we would definitely yeah. want to be able to meet you in person. I have not. For so, sure. Yeah. And, and so we can complete the circle, I guess, of, of meeting each other. So uh, thank you yeah, for coming. Yeah, that'd be on, amazing. Man. Thank you for coming. Yeah, on. thank you so much for having me. This was a this was a blast. No, oh, you're kind of a big deal now. You know, now you're on a <laughs> podcast. So you're obviously a big deal. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Is that is is that what it is? Is that is that the mark? That's, that's it. That's how you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. We're not paying you or anything, but I guess the million dollar quartet is yeah, probably right. a bigger deal. That's cool though. That's you right. went. Out, you were in Sister Act, and you were in. Um, what? Who were you? Uh, an ensemble in Full Monty? Because I I don't think they had a very big ensemble. I was in the ensemble. It's a super small ensemble, but mm-hmm. I studied one of the. I understudied Malcolm, one of the one of the main guys. Because which one was so, Malcolm? I don't uh, remember. It's been a while since I saw Malcolm it. Malcolm is the uh, Malcolm's the one they find in the car at the, oh, towards the beginning of the show. Yeah, he's yeah. like he's sort of the nerdy, the nerdy, yes. awkward one mm-hmm. that that has like the really pretty high high stuff that he sings. Yeah. Okay. Was um, there, was there like a Malcolm, rock smashing yeah. scene? Is that your? Yeah, yes, that's okay. Malcolm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. with the rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, like, uh, yeah, the yeah, 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 the, the big ass rock song. Yeah, big, yeah, I just want to make sure that was the one. So I was like, it's been that's a while since one. I yeah, saw it. Malcolm. I've seen it a long time ago, but I remember seeing it and thinking, why wasn't this a bigger show? This this should have been like I don't know. a huge hit than it. what it was. Because I love that show. It has all, everything you need, in my opinion. It's it's a comedy, so it's funny, so people like to laugh, obviously. It's full Monty. It's got like nudity stuff in it. Why you know, that should bump it up a little bit too. Exactly. You know, it's it's like and it's got good music. I'm like, what is the issue here? It's got a good story yeah, about, you know, a town and people. Yeah, and it's like it, the story it's was such great. A, it's such a it's such a weirdly heartwarming story yeah, too. That too, awesome. And like you end up like by the end, you're such like you're like rooting for those guys. Yes, you're like, of yes, course. take it off. You're like, take it off, like, exactly. <laughs> we've been following you guys for like two and a half hours, and like yeah. you know, there's the there's yes. the guy that's like the bigger guy, and he's all like yeah. self conscious about it. And yeah. you're like, no, like live like, it, show us your junk, man. Let's go, like, let's do it. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> like you're just, you're, you get so on their side. It's amazing. Yeah, I love it. I love that. So. All right, we're going to let you go, man. So thank you for coming on, though. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm hanging up so you can go actually eat. 